But the first question I get is, wait, it's just you. What happens if there's something that happens to you? I'm like, I love working on this and I have disaster recovery. Like I do enterprise. I talk with enterprise. I speak the language, but I also have disaster recovery scenarios if something happens to me. But the second question they ask is like, why aren't you doing a hosting? And I'm like, do you want me to quit and leave? And because that's what's going to happen if you make me build a company that I don't want to build. Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Emerging Tech, a Do The Woo podcast show. This show is brought to you by The Dot Store, where you will find a variety of plugins to help you with that next client build. From extending products to custom shipping, they have you covered. And Weglot, who is known in the WordPress and WooCommerce space as a solution to help builders turn client sites into multilingual shops at Weglot.com. I'll tell you more about our sponsors later in the show, but we hit the airwaves with another Emerging Tech with Dave and Kathy. But wait, picture this. Dave is talking with our host, Carl Alexander, from WooDevChat at WordCamp US at a crowded side event. The noise level is high, and Dave somewhat comprehends what Carl is trying to explain about what he's doing at Emir. Well, that didn't work so well, so Dave has the idea to have it again, a little quieter, and publicly. So that's what's in store for you right now. All right, welcome to the Emergent Tech podcast. I'm actually the guest. I'm Carl, but I will intro the two hosts today. We have Dave. Take it away, Dave. Hey, I'm Dave Blocky. Nice to be here with you, Carl. And then we have Kathy. Hi, Carl. It's good to see you. <laughs> she's shocked. She's like, she could see her face and she's just like, what the hell is happening right now? I love it. No, I love this. Well, I mean, what is this is the Emerging Talk podcast. And this is the podcast where we talk about things that are changing the paradigm. And so, of course, it's great to have changing the paradigm of the entire podcast. I think it's it works. It's on brand. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah, we're like, we're super meta right now. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, look, I wanted you on this podcast, Carl, because we met in person for the first time in Athens, WordCamp Athens, uh, at the, it was HumanMade, and it, uh, it was the other people that put on the party. I got my invite through HumanMade, but it's HumanMade. Was it? Uh, Big Bite. Big Bite, yeah. Was it Tide Brand as well? I can't remember. I, th- I thought there was three of them. But anyway, if it was just those two, uh, it was a great party, super nice bar, um, but also quite noisy. And I was quite exhausted after some days of conferencing and traveling. I think that was my third party that night. So you were saying a lot of words that sounded incredibly important and interesting. I was like, okay, let's let's actually have this conversation again, but let's do it, let's do it in public. And so maybe other people can help me understand what all the words you say actually mean later on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll do my. I'm really good. I think I feel like my experience in WordPress of just teaching really complex computer science topics prepared me for where I'm at today. Because um, okay, we'll we'll kind of dive into it. Um, so, for context for the listeners, um, I'm working on a platform called Emir. So uh, it's, it sounds with an E. It's with a Y. It's uh, from uh, Norse mythology. We'll we'll. Uh, it's from Norse mythology. I'll tell you the story later because uh, once we I explain a bit what it does, but it's it's a kick. I I 
I'm a nerd. I spend a ton of time thinking about names. So I thought about this name pretty uh, pretty hard. So, so let us have, have the name in our head fully. Give us the, spell it out, and also tell us the domain while you're at it so that we can go check it out. Yeah, so it's Ymir. It's, it's Y-M-I-R. Uh, and the domain is Ymir app. So Y-M-I-R-A-A-P.com. A-P-P.com. Yeah, A-P-P.com. And um, so what the the goal with Emir was, um, I mean, what started it was I wanted to run WordPress on a specific technology called uh, AWS Lambda. So AWS Lambda is um, on-demand computing. So it's, it's this idea that um, if you want to re- you make a request to a web- website, you will just basically run some code for the website. It will return the response back and you only pay for um, for the time that this ran. So there's that behind the scene, what they labeled it as is serverless. So that's why there's no servers. So it's, it's the, is there no servers with serverless? There's, there's definitely servers with serverless. I'm not a big fan of the marketing term. Uh, the idea is basically... The servers are outside your sphere of concern. So you don't have to worry about updates, um, server updates, security patches, all that stuff. Um, it's it's basically completely... The paradigm's actually completely different. Um, when I, I when I was at WordCamp US, I was talking to a couple of people and I, they were saying, okay, but like, what web server are you using? Like Apache, Nginx, Lightspeed? I was like, uh, none. There, there's no There's no actual... Um, web server. There's no Nginx. There's no uh, Apache. There's no Lightspeed. But actually, at WordCamp US, I had a better, I a better, easier way to to conceptualize a bit what Emir does. Is that Emir makes WordPress a cloud converts WordPress into a cloud application. So what what most people are used to with WordPress is that um. You run WordPress, you've got a MySQL database, you've got maybe an object cache, memcached or Redis, uh, you've got your web server. Usually all those things are on the same machine and that's how you host WordPress. That's that's your classic LAMP stack, right? I mean, this that was... Yeah, it's your classic LAMP stack or uh, LAMP stack with <laughs> Nginx. Uh, I don't know what the stack's called with Lightspeed, uh, but... Loom, oh, is it Loomstack? Like, <laughs> I have no idea. I um, but yeah. So it's your classic stack, and it's been like that for ever. I mean, uh, when I first ran WordPress on a laptop, it was a Windows laptop, and I used Zamp. Yeah, I I, I used Zamp. Yeah, because it was the only one that worked on Windows. Basically, Mamp didn't work. Right, and WordPress was the only the only CMS I could get installed on a local server when when that was that was Zamp. Uh, that was the start of my WordPress story. Yeah, exactly. And um, and all the hosting companies basically do it in a similar way. I, I kind of joke that it's just different flavors of vanilla, right? Like if you go with WP Engine, it's like French vanilla. If you go with GoDaddy, it's your like soft serve vanilla. But essentially, with a few modifications here and there, what, what type of vanilla is that? WordPress.com. Is that like the finest Madagascan vanilla? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, exactly. Yeah, you know, or maybe with some raspberry swirl. You know, the ones where they put like a bit of like the the, the syrup on top when it's like coming out? Yeah. And that jetpack. 
Jetpack's like the Raspberry Twill. <laughs> yeah, that's Jetpack. Oh, that's Jet. You got it. See, it works for it. It, it works itself. Exactly. Um, but they're all kind of these flavors of vanilla, right? So, um, and that hasn't really changed uh, at all. Um, but it still really hasn't really changed at all because I'm, that's why we're talking with me. That's why we're talking. That's why I'm on this podcast essentially is to talk emerging tech. Um, and what Emir does is that it changes this entire structure. Um, like you, the way Emir, the product works is that you connect, it's only with AWS, um, but you connect your AWS account and it will manage your infrastructure on AWS. It will let you deploy WordPress on your AWS infrastructure into what I call now a kind of cloud architected version of WordPress. So like the goal with Emir in the long term over time is to move more and more parts of WordPress off this I mean, there's no more servers already. It's already serverless. So there's no more servers, but move more and more of what WordPress does to these specific kind of cloud services um, so that it's really, it becomes more and more of a cloud-enabled application like you would design today. Like if you went to the drawing board today and you were like, okay, I want to build like a CMS, uh, you wouldn't arrive and be like, oh yeah, I want a CMS that just runs on one server and can't scale. Like nobody nobody in their right mind would say that like they would be like no we need to be able to handle uh you know especially in the case of woocommerce and stuff like that we have to be able to handle thousands of sales like like all these kind of scaling problems that wordpress has now would be things that people would be like i don't want to start with this huge limitation um in in place and it's just not where uh software development is now either so um so that's kind of what emir tries to to do and and well i shouldn't say try because it does it um like it actually does it actually does it so but it's it's a quite a step up so that uh we could talk about the fact that i'm building this in public too if you want but um it's been it's been a struggle to, because um, this came from the Laravel ecosystem. So um, if there's any Laravel developers listening to this, or if you're familiar with Laravel, Laravel came out with this in 2019. It's called Laravel Vapor. I was there when Taylor announced it, and I was saying to, uh, he definitely doesn't listen to this podcast, and, but he's still doing WordPress, but I was sitting next to Josh Pollock, uh, and Josh Pollock was like, basically, I turned to Josh and I'm like, I'm building this. And he's like, okay, you crazy guy. And uh, <laughs> and oh, I started working on a proof of concept because I was just like, I'm going to get, I was like, I'm going to get WordPress to work with this. And I was like, is this even possible? And slowly over time, uh, I got a proof of concept working and I was like, okay, this is kind of, this is, this isn't impossible. Um yeah. So I just started, I continued working on it. And then eventually I had the platform built that came out. You start, could start paying for it in uh, 2021, I think February, 2021. And, um, and I've been slowly growing, like it's only doing 1300 MR. Um, So it's been a really hard sell because like, I'm pretty sure like I'm making like 60,000 a year. I'm pretty sure like Taylor makes like, 
a million or more a year off of the same product for Laravel. So it's like, but I just thought there might be enough technical people in WordPress to understand this. But the the fact is like, there's like not, uh, there's not that many. Um, and it's been a challenge for that um, from, from my perspective, but it's, that's part of the problem with emerging tech is like timing, right? Because serverless as a concept is not new. Like I was talking with, um, so I know everybody in hosting. So uh, I was like having dinner uh, in March with uh, Phil Morris, who's the director of operations at Automatic. Uh, and he's he's been around the block. Like he did 16 years at Sun Microsystems. So if you know what Sun Microsystem is, you've, you're like, you're an old geezer like us. So, but uh but he was like, yeah, Sun was like playing around with serverless back then. I was like, yeah, exactly. So timing is is a important thing. But I think the timing's okay because it's just not okay with WordPress. But WordPress is is difficult because WordPress is about always about 10 years behind um, technological trends, like as as a general rule. Because when I explain Emir to a JavaScript developers, I just say it's Vercel for WordPress. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's exactly it. Like this makes a ton, ton of sense, and everybody in JavaScript knows Vercel. They love Vercel. They don't have to. They don't want to think about things because the thing with serverless is you don't have to think with about a lot of things. Before we go into all of that, we're kind of downstream of where my brain is at at the moment, which is like, okay, yo, you can dial it back. You need to dial it back. Don't let me go too crazy on you. I'm not gonna. Are you holding you? <laughs> Explain it to me like I'm five. Okay, might not be too far from the truth. What do you want to? What do you want to have explained? Like you're five. How do you run WordPress site that needs a LAMP stack as part of its core documentation? Like WordPress needs LAMP to run. Like how do you run it without LAMP? Then? Like what sort of voodoo is this, Carl? <laughs> I mean, some of it is proprietary, obviously. So, but um, but it was my it was my WordCamp Asia talk. So I'll give you kind of the short of the WordCamp Asia talk. But the idea is that um, you want to. So we talked about LAMP stack, right? You have your nginx, your this, your that, and stru- architecturally. It's very similar. It's basically we're starting to swap these parts of WordPress uh, of the 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 architecture with cloud services. So, um, so your nginx becomes like you don't have to necessarily. I'm gonna simplify it, but but basically your nginx would become what they call an API gateway, and then that's what receives your because the goal of a of a web server is what is Receive you receive a uh, web uh, request for a website for a page. The web server basically converts this and is deciding: okay, are you actually requesting an image? Are you requesting an actual uh, PHP page? Makes that distinction through like the config file. That's like your Apache config or your nginx config. That's what it does. It basically translates what the web server is receiving and determines what you want to do with it. So. And then sends it to PHP, so or requests a file and then returns the the file. So the API gateway does that. So at a high level, um, it it just receives the request 
And at that point, it already knows that it's a PHP request, but it will do the negotiation with now PHP. So your Nginx now receives the request. It's like, oh, I need PHP to process this. Then you got PHP FDM. Let, let's stop with the so the web server. You're basically taking like this complicated web server and you've rebuilt it as like an API server. It's just a service. So it's it's a service that's configured in AWS. It's called API Gateway. So it's a highly opinionated and specific way of running a web server. So does do you allow for like because people tinker with Nginx or Apache, like I, there's also <laughs> you can't tinker with any of that, right? So that's locked down. That's what I mean by opinionated. So, but I mean, uh, what are you usually tinkering with when you're tinkering with Nginx, right? What are you? You're maybe putting things to get media from elsewhere, but that could be done at the WordPress level, right? Like you could just be like, oh, my media is not here anymore; it's on S3. I'm not saying it's a good or bad approach. I'm just trying to understand it. But I, I would say it's it's not just opinionated. It's like really hyper-focusing the different parts of like one of the things that WordPress does is it kind of like mumble jumbles like all these different con- things together. Like it will do like that was our podcast with uh, Kathy the other day. It was like security, right? So WordPress will do all the security things. We have, but it really shouldn't. So it's kind of the same idea. Like you, you're having your web, your web server do a lot of stuff. Um, we're going to have it do just the web server stuff. And then when you have to just do only the web server stuff, yeah, it's opinionated, but actually it's, it's also like, you don't really need that much stuff, right? Like if it just does the web server thing. So, right. You've. Uh, taken Nginx, you've stripped out the bits that you want, you've locked it down into like this uh, service, and you've uh, then taken Nginx around the back of the shed and put it out this misery. Okay, so that's the web server part of things done. That's graphic, but yes. Now the request has moved on to PHP, so you're running, like that would be PHP FVM, as you say, in Nginx, and the PHP code for WordPress is still required. Like, you know, you still need the PHP files, but you do something clever with that how. Okay, so that's where a lot of the magic is. So um, PHP FPM still exists, um, but it runs in AWS Lambda now with your WordPress code. That's been sometimes like modified or uh, like a bit like customized a bit with either the Emir plugin or uh, also during the build process, uh, some stuff might get injected, but it runs there uh, with PHP FPM on its own with uh, AWS Lambda and it's self-contained. So there's one PHP worker and your WordPress code and that's it. And what serverless does is... um, it lets you run as many of those as you want. So in, in if, effectively, you have access to infinite PHP workers with this, which is what is the, the and that's like really the, the crazy thing uh, with it, at least right now, especially like, because it's a bit of a like, um, 
uh, innovators dilemma situation. But the killer fa- the killer situation right now is the fact that you have PHP workers scaling that is on a scale that nobody else can do from zero to you know whatever. I mean, I've done zero to fourteen hundred in a minute. Yeah, me too. Easy. Easy. Yeah, yeah. I know every hosting company uh, that I've talked to is like, oh yeah, I can. We we can do that. Like, uh, and you know, like we don't need like three three thousand dollars a month boxes already ready to do that. It's like I was like, oh, I spun up this this project two minutes ago and I just did it. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, we can do that too. Like, no problem. Yeah. So that's so that's the PHP part. Yeah, that's the PHP part, but that's also like most of what WordPress is, is PHP. Like it's PHP and a CDN, really. Like if you have a content site, it's... Let's not forget about MySQL because that brings so many joys to... Well, yeah, yeah. so it's MySQL. So MySQL is definitely like the kind of a bit trickier part of this. But uh, again, AWS is doing a lot of work to make um, this kind of SQL also like elastically... But yeah, obviously, if you if 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 you spin up fourteen hundred uh, PHP workers connecting to a database, you're gonna you're gonna blow up that database if you're not ready. Like that is a hundred percent. Like like at that point, if you're using Emir, like that is your number one issue. If you're not careful, is that you will you will blow up the database. The database is kind of the least the, the least cloudified part of this thing. It's still the in all of tech. It's still the it's still the most um, unscalable, automatically scalable thing that exists. I mean, there's a startup called Planet Scale that's working on this, um, and then AWS has this product called uh, Aurora Serverless that, <coughs> sorry, uh, Emir supports. And I did a load test. So the load test I prepared for WordCamp Asia uses it, and it scaled. It went from zero to doing I, I forget. I think it was doing like, uh, like, like a hundred thousand inserts a second, um, from nothing essentially. Um, and that was great, basically. And obviously, I've talked with people. There's not a lot of hosting companies that use uh, AWS. There's Pagely and uh, WP Engine, but I was talking with some people and. Obviously, at more extreme scenarios, like you would see in a larger hosting company like them, uh, at some point, technology like that, you start seeing the gears flying out of the box and things like that and smoke coming out. But in general, it's very promising because before the, the this is version two and version one was completely unusable. It just literally, it went offline while it upscaled, which is like crazy. Like it was, it's, it's crazy. Like it was literally like, oh, at one second, and then you've got the like naked gun gif where it's like nothing to see here, everything's exploding in the back while it's like upscaling. It's like, no, you can't do that. So now it does it seamlessly uh, and well. But yes, the database is definitely an issue, but there, there are issues for various reasons, right? Like if you're WordPress automatic or whatnot, you have to use sharding. Like WordPress.org is like one. Like WordPress.com is like one big multi-site, you know, um, you, you have sharding, you have like different scenarios, but yeah, the, the database side is still the least solved problem, but that's at the entire tech ecosystem level. It's not a, it's not even a WordPress problem. Like 
like what Emir solves right now is a WordPress specific problem. Like why can't WordPress scale beyond one server? Okay, so right, we've got we've got your API gateway service that is taking an inbound request, it's feeding it to PHP. PHP is doing its thing with this like inf- it's like a you know, just have as many workers as you like, all running the same code. They do all go to the same database, but you just have to like solve that one problem then. And then assuming, like, presumably you're just using like whatever arbitrary uh, cloud storage for all your media. And- it's S3. So it's S3. So a lot of people use S3. And you, you, you can stick some caching in front of all this like you would a normal WordPress site so that you actually minimize what's coming right through anyway. I mean, um, you can still use Cloudflare. Um, the more advanced infrastructure ha- still uses CloudFront, which is like the AWS CDN, so you still have to use it. But um, yeah, you just move stuff there. I mean, there are challenges because... So one of the the one the first hurdle that I spent two, three months working on is I had to rewrite the media library um, in WordPress because let's say, how do you upload a file when you have no server, right? So there's no there's no place to send the file. It's a rhetorical question, but that was like the challenge, right? What happens in this scenario when you are trying to make WordPress not live on one machine, but you or on a machine period, on like on a on a server period? But you still have to, like, you can't have a CMS without the ability to upload media, right? So uh, that's what a lot of these S3 plugins do, right? They they kind of behind the scene, they what they do is they sync the files with S3. But I had to go, like, one step further um, and rewrite the media library to, like, send it directly to S3. Again, those are normal things that if you wrote WordPress today or wrote a CMS today would be, like, a day one kind of uh, thing that you would have where I have the, the ability to have. But because a lot of, and this is not to, to dig on WordPress. I mean, WordPress is a legacy application. It's 20 years old. But S3 was, uh, I, actually, S3 is almost 23 year, uh, 20 years old too, which is kind of mind boggling. Uh, and they still use the same API, more or less. Like, it's mind bogglingly uh, crazy. But uh, but still you weren't, you just didn't have those paradigms back then, like this idea of cloud, the cloud and, and things. And that's what I talked during WordCamp Asia, right? Like, it's just, um, you know, if this is just a, this is just, um, um, serverless and what I'm doing is just the natural progression of where things are going. You would, you would say that because you're building a business around it. <laughs> no, but also that's fair. But also I'm just like the person in the early 2000s talking about the cloud. Like, do you remember in the early 2000s, if you talk to somebody, I'm going to start a hosting company and I'm going to use the cloud. They're like, no, you're crazy. Like, what the hell is the cloud? Like, this isn't safe. Like, you build your own data centers and you have your own racks and you do that. You do load balancing and yeah. You do load balancing, you have your you have your redundancies in case like I had to do that for a law firm I worked for. Like what happens if Montreal gets nuked? Like we need to be able to work, like because people would work if you know Canada that was like the 9-11 days. Like it's like, of course, like a law firm would want to work normally after like there was a terror attack on Montreal. But there'll be people to sue. Yeah, exactly. They needed their exchange server to keep working. 
God forbid they don't get their emails. But you moved to 2010. But you moved to 2010 and nobody would do that, right? They'd say you're crazy for not using the cloud. I get you. And um, like I, I first heard about AWS Lambda uh, as part of um, what Human Mage used to do with uh, their hosting stack pre spinning out as alt. Yeah, which was, you know, using Lambda for image processing. Well, that Emir does that too. So Emir does a better version that you just do a flag, you just say image processing true. And it configures CloudFront to do the same thing Photon does. Basically, that was the same thing uh, Human Made did. It's just they made it like Photon um, compatible. I think it was the same like API um, as well. Yeah. For every new client site comes new needs, and if you're looking for that right plugin for that next project, consider checking out the Dot Store. The team at the Dot Store developed their plugins for easy customization of your client sites. You can find solutions for adding extra fees, product attachments, dynamic pricing and discount rules, or product samples. Maybe you need to set up specific shipping for multi-vendor for advanced USPS, or perhaps hidden methods for your shipping. They have this and a lot more. But also you can get a Woo bundle that will fill a lot of your build needs in one nice package. So for that next project, why don't you head over to thedotstore.com and give them a try on your next build. Weglot is known as an industry standard in the WordPress space to help builders turn client sites into multilingual shops. And as a supporter of the WooCommerce community, they are not only helping with the language barrier of Woo shops around the world, but they are also global sponsors in the WordPress ecosystem. With this sponsorship, they continue to build long-lasting relationships and make new connections with the community and with you, the Woo builders. So kudos to Weglap for this larger support to the ecosystem and make sure at the next event you attend to find them and say hi. And you can always learn more about Weglot by simply going to their site, weglot.com. All right, so let's uh, switch gears a bit now. So we've talked about how this works, and my like five-year-old brain now kind of understands it. Um, so thank you for that, and well done. Um, let's talk about. So you said that you so you've been going for a year and a half, something like that. I mean, since I started working on it. Four years? Well, no. Well, since it, since it was purchasable. Uh, two and a half years. Right. So you, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but you said the way that Emir works at the moment is that you connect it. So I want to use Emir. I connect it and give it privileges within my AWS environment and it provisions everything it needs to. And then I'm up and running and I'm like, that is what Emir does. Now, that seems like a really specific way to deploy this technology. I mean, if you're WP Engine, what you don't, what you haven't done is build like a Kubernetes deployer thing and I go into my AWS and connect it and WP Engine does it. Like if you've built an infinitely scalable WordPress cloud application engine, why the heck aren't you just offering really good, cheap, fast hosting to anyone that wants it in a managed way like why do i need that well because i don't want to go crazy basically um 
the number one question I get is why am I not building a hosting? And the number, the first, the first question I get often is like, wait, um, so I'll go back to WP Engine, but the first question I get is like, wait, it's just you. What happens if there's something that happens to you? I'm like, well, I love working on this and I have disaster recovery. Like I do enterprise. I talk with enterprise. So um, speak the language. Like I have, I have the, I have, I have the speak the language, but I also have disaster recovery scenarios uh, if something happens to me. But the second question they ask is like, why aren't you doing a hosting? And I'm like, well, do you want me to quit and leave? And like, because that's what's going to happen if you make me build a company that I don't want to build. Do you not, do you not just need a co-founder, Carl, to do that stuff? Maybe I could, but I mean, I would have the co-founder discussion is we could do an entire podcast on that one. Well, they could, you know, there, there are lots of ways of getting this technology out there, but like the Delta I'm trying to solve for is like, this seems like a really good bit of technology. Your traction seems small. So far, growing, modest, right? Well, you mentioned WP Engine. I'm in talks with WP Engine right now. Uh, because what I want to do is license. Yeah, okay. Smart. Because it's an API product, right? Like there's an SDK. Um, so you can integrate it. Like I'm talking with the big agencies. Uh, some do hosting. Uh, they can't talk about it, but they do hosting because uh, some of them host very big websites. Um, I'm in talks with all the big WooCommerce agencies too. Um, it's just, it, it's hard, right? It's a paradigm shift. It's it's technically like there's not a lot of agencies even that have like the technical know-how to really leverage this product also. So it, that's my fault. But I mean, the reason I called it Emir and not WP serverless or something like that is because um, I'm not going to, I don't have to just do WordPress. I just love WordPress, the community. But I've had lunch and learns with AWS for the education sector. And they were like, what about Typo3? I'm like, I'm not doing Typo3. But Drupal maybe. And like maybe I could talk to Adobe and do Magento. Fine. All right. So what you're saying is growth is coming, but it's you're taking like a roundabout route to getting there because you want to stay sane and happy and live a fulfilling life. Yeah, and also because like I I will I will literally like here's how WP Engine approached me. They're like, wow, this looks really interesting. You there doesn't seem to be a lot of people working on this. I'm like. We're about four or five people in the entire PHP space, and I'm literally the only person in WordPress. It's again, everything in technology can be copied. Especially big companies have infinite money and essentially if they wanted to, but it's still a very multidisciplinary project. You need to know WordPress very well. You need to know AWS really well. You need to know like how like all of these pieces fit together really well. So like, what is more interesting to them? Is it to just like spend three, four years like building this or just uh, license, license Carl? So, all right, let, let, let's say I'm uh, an unvoting license Carl, obviously, but like the one thing I'm interested about, so let's say I'm a WP engine and I charge a thousand bucks a month for an enterprise 
like a small enterprise hosting plan. And it's a great service, really polished, whatever. And it's, I've got a lot of time and respect for the folks at WP Engine. What happens when I swap out their existing, like what sits behind the uh, server with Emir? Like wh what happens to my cost base as WP Engine? Does it like drop dramatically? Yeah, it's going to drop dramatically. Just to give you an idea, um, so we'll, we'll, I, we'll link it in the show notes. Uh, Bob, you can like ask me what the, um, the link to the YouTube, but I, I do a little, the load testing. So I do um, 4,000 WooCommerce orders in 15 minutes. Um, and to give you an idea, this goes up to about 1,200 PHP workers from zero. And um, that cost, because again, uh, I mentioned it briefly, but I'm just going to re-mention re it. A lot of your costs when you switch to this architecture is usage-based, which means that you only pay when your code runs. So when I did these orders, I only paid for when the people visited. The, you pay a bit for the CDN, but you, like, you only pay for the orders that went true. How much do you think it cost me to, to uh, process, to spin up 1,200 PHP workers and process 4,000 WooCommerce orders? All right, let's play this game. So let's imagine that you could do that on, like what would be the equivalent average, like what sort of hosting banner would you buy at WP Engine to be able to handle that kind of volume? There's no physical server on the planet that exists that can house 1,200 workers. So you already need multiple ones. So you need multiple of the big ones. Okay. So what are we talking about as a monthly cost? Well, those big servers, I mean, I don't know what they pay for volume, but like, let's imagine, I think it's like 3000, I would say. Yeah. Like can't these like money, 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 basically. It's... I would, I would, I would roughly say 3000 per machine. Okay. So let's say we've got like 10 machines. Sure. Fine. So we've got 10. So I can do that much. That lasted 15 minutes, though. So Yeah, exactly. So that's 30,000, 30, and then that's times, like... That was in 15? I heard 50. So that 15 minutes, I got no, to do the math. No, it's 15 minutes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, 15 minutes. Yeah, that's intense. Quarter of an hour times 24 hours times 30 days, right? So Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm not doing the math very well. I don't know. Tell me, Carl. It costs $10. Wow. So uh, not only that, but now you know how much it costs you per order. Yeah. Yeah. You can just do $10 divided by 4,000 orders. And now you know how much you're paying for each order. So that's one of the things when I talk to finance people, their, their brain starts like, you see the gears start turning in their head. It's math. <laughs> like, no, but they're wait, like, wait, I can charge per order now. Like, I don't have to actually like, like I can do usage-based costs like for WooCommerce. And they're like, I'm like, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of these weird scenarios like that where you need a lot of scaling. And a lot of fast scaling because this is something that you're talking about. You, you know, so you have a product that you have a Super Bowl commercial. You have this business need that you know is coming. You you have to prepare all of these servers for. But what happens to the business that all of a sudden goes viral on TikTok or whatever, and they don't know that they have to scale. 
I mean, you still have to prepare a bit for a. Do you? A, a, okay. A, a, like for, I mean, Super Bowl. Yeah, you have to. I mean, there's no magic uh, for that. But I think for a lot of the most extreme WooCommerce scenarios right now, you're covered. And pre-preparing for that would cost you a lot, like magnitudes, where like orders of magnitudes less to be prepared for it. Um, then it would cost you to just have those machines running all the time, right? Because um, you have to bring up the machines, you have to do this. Like, um, like one of the things that I find like people don't um, that like AWS does that people don't always appreciate is like they like they like you don't have to worry about like load balancing this thing. You don't have to worry about like network like. Network issues, like AWS handles all of that. Like, so, um, and uh, so it's it's really interesting for that. So, um, so WooCommerce is one, I mean, WooCommerce is the one that I like constantly, but I talk a lot of people with, so WP Engine, their interest is with Headless. So Headless is a, a good technology that works well with this for two reasons. One, it's like, you're just doing API. If you're if you have like a Next.js site, you're doing API calls like once in a while, and then you just want to cache that. And you, why do you need to keep a machine running twenty four seven for a bunch of API calls like once in a while? But also, depending on the technology that you use, if you ha- if you build a static site, like if you're a Gatsby site, for example. So I, I was talking with I was doing a sales call with uh, like. I, I, I mean, I didn't sign anything, but it was like, basically you're from the UK. So, you know, enemy. Yeah. So with them, uh, and they run the site on Gatsby and, uh, what happens with Gatsby is you have to build the site. So when, when you deal with that, it's like you're DDoSing your site for the process of, so you have to have these, like, they have to keep these, like, big machines running just to do their builds. And then when the build's over, they don't actually need that machine to exist at all, right? Like uh, the site gets sent to like uh, like uh, Netlify uh, because Gatsby Cloud's closing, but they, they send it to Netlify, it's built. It's not making any API calls. It's just like a static site and that's it. But the build process very CPU intensive, um, very PHP worker intensive. So those scenarios are like the ones where it really shines right now. Obviously, it I, it shines for a lot of other scenarios. Like we had the security talk. Well, I mean, me and Calvin want to do something too, Kathy. But um, one thing we haven't discussed too is security. So with serverless, um, the code's read only. So that's been a lot of I've churned a lot of customers because of that. They're like, why can't I install a plugin? And I was like, well, you can. You just have to install the plugin and then redeploy your application. Um, you can't just, uh, but your file system is essentially immutable. So, like, uh, we're starting to talk more about this kind of immutability uh, concept uh, in the WordPress space. But basically, it just means that it's locked in space. So each time that AWS spins up a new version of work a new new version of your code it's using the same code that you saved before so even if you 
somehow managed to modify the files, you wouldn't actually be modifying the files for the next person that makes a request. You'd just be modifying for that. So you can, there's still ways you can hack it, but I joke that you would have to literally upload the hack to your own site, which is a much different, uh, which won't stop people. Yeah. I mean, if you, no, it won't stop people because yes. if you go on Code Canyon, if you go on Code Canyon and you buy a hacked plugin already, then you just, but it's like the DJ Khaled, you know, like you just owned yourself. You'd be surprised at how often that happens <laughs> or maybe not surprised. Oh, I'm sure. But the, but I, because this is so technically difficult, like I'm not as worried about it, but you're still vulnerable to SQL injection. So if like a plugin has an SQL injection, then you, you still have those and they're, they're less common, but they're still there. So, but this whole immutability, uh, the security around that is important. That's really interesting. So let me ask you a question if I may. So <laughs> no, you can't Dave. I'm in charge of this show now. Should, should not have. <laughs> should. Uh, yeah. We gave him the intro. Um, it's over. Yeah. No, yeah. it's okay because you're British and I'm Canadian, and we. It's always a competition of who will apologize the most between <laughs> uh, Canadians and Brits. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's have a sorry off later on. Yeah. All right. Wait, um, one opportunity that like springs to mind because we've been we work a lot on compatibility and like we know that updates are a, a pain like if you work in software you understand updates are a pain but they're particularly a pain in the wordpress and woocommerce space because uh you know the effects can be complex and unpredictable and it can be very time consuming to test etc cetera, etc cetera. so if you're taking this paradigm where you've got all right so you've got an api service sitting at the front and you've got the database sitting at the back but in the middle you've got this uh you know um in integral php application uh then can you could you have multiple different variants of that so like here is the site with we come with some point not one and here is it with some point two yeah, I had somebody wanted to try to do that for for like develop deploy environments for for a whole bunch. I mean, right now that's a very extreme use case. That um, I think I think you more like the general principle because you like perhaps you could use it for like A/B testing or um, in. I mean, you could go even further than that. Like I support. I mean, I'm not going to go beyond that. Like when I did the AWS, they're like, "What about PHP 5.6?" I'm like, "No." I'm not supporting PHP 5.6, uh, but I do 7.2. That's that's right in the back of the shed with Nginx. No, yeah, but I do 7.2. And if you a, a reverse case is like, what if you have this old application? It just runs on that 7.2. It's really hard to like maintain servers with old PHP versions, right? Um, and things like that. I mean, you shouldn't do that, but like sometimes maybe you have like a small brochure site or like something that somebody built a while ago and it's it's chugging along. Like it, there's probably like some vulnerability, maybe depending on like if, how many plugins you're using, but in general, it's like pretty okay. And you just want to kind of keep it there. It's like it's uh, archival. So you could do that with this because there's essentially nothing 
like as long as you keep paying your AWS bill, it's going to keep running that code. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting use case because like you do see, you know, I did agency for a long time and you you do see sites which are fine, but hosted in a normal way that WordPress is hosted. You know, it's not cost effective for them to do the updates. So sometimes they churn and they go, well, let's just build like a crappy static version of this and like we'll make do with it. And I think the longer, like the older we see the WordPress fleet get, the bigger that that opportunity is just to go, right, it's fine. It never needs to change. And I want to pay as little as possible for it. And like, let, let's just let it live. Yeah. I haven't tried the oldest WordPress version that this would work on, but I feel like it would work on pretty old WordPress versions. I go pretty deep, um, low level in, in, in WordPress to make this work. So, and they're not like, they're old hooks. But you, you, I don't I don't know whether you need to worry about that too much because like the it's uh, like if it survived to now is okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's always the servers always have to be upgraded. I look, I've been assist one of the reasons like I love this technology is I've been assistant min since I'm 16. I just turned 40. I've been assistant min for 24 years. You you tell yourself man, I'm going to do this thing. It's going to self-update and stuff like that. But you know what? At some point, your Ubuntu LTS is not supported anymore. You're going to need to upgrade it. You're going to need to do something. You can't just leave. I mean, some people do, but it's like professionally, at some point, that server, something needs to happen to it. Um, or, Or God forbid it goes down. Uh, like uh, the hosting company disappears. Like if you're on a, a, a smaller hosting company to get bought out by, you know, GoDaddy and then shut down, like just uh, like rip media temple. Uh, and, you know, and it, those things happen in the, in, in the long arc of time, which you have to think about as a system, then those things happen. And you know what I love about this? The only time I have to worry about something being down is AWS is down. And let me tell you, when AWS is down, you're the least of your your little brochure site is the least of your problems. Like half the like a third of the internet's on fire when AWS has a major outage. So and it's it happens on a scale that you that is smaller than probably you would be able to do as a sysadmin. Like the you're not gonna out sysadmin AWS or GCP or Azure. Or WP Cloud, you know, automatic runs a pretty good infrastructure shop too. Um, and I- yeah, they do. I mean, I, I mean, I, Emir's closest competitor is probably WP Cloud, uh, and I think I'm a better product than WP Cloud, to be honest. Um, well, I'll, I'll let you wrestle Barry for for that title. But what I do want to say, using the privilege of uh, being on this podcast with uh, a sysadmin, is to shout out that automatic are looking for an epically good systems engineer at the moment. We've got an open role. So if you, Carl, Kathy, any listeners, know somebody who's exceptionally good at engineering, send them our way. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I might know somebody, actually. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. But yeah, no, sysadmin is hard. Sysadmin is hard. Like, sysadmining is hard. And you have to, like, the 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 arc of time that you have to look at is way longer, right? So I 
love that I never will have to worry about an SSL certificate update. Uh, oh, Ubuntu is out of date. Like I'm like, if I stop deploying a site, it'll run. Like as long as I'm paying my AWS bill, it'll keep running because one of the reasons, uh, one of the questions I get pretty often too is like, why don't you support GCP or Azure and stuff like that? And one, the, the services aren't interchangeable at the, that level. You can't just like pop one out for the other and then it's like willy nilly. Um, but second is just like, if I take GCP, GCP sunsets stuff all the time. Google kills stuff. Are you serious? Yeah, I know. Google kills stuff. So. <laughs> One thing that I'm I feel confident with AWS is that they will never like they might not let you you know like that will be a, a thing with the the product itself but it, they might not let you deploy the same way that you did the previous deploy but they will never take something that was running and say like you can't like this doesn't run anymore like they never they never stop maintaining what they uh, have already deployed. So that's good because I just don't want to have to think about that anymore. I'm just, I'm tired of it. And like, that was like my selfish sis and men side. That was just like, uh, I mean, that's what you pay hosting companies to do, but I'm, but I deal with people that man, again, the point of the product is that you is for people that have their own infrastructure. So like how much of that do you want to minimize? I'm, I'm really loving your life. Zen Zen state and the uh, like lack of uh, like your very low drag coefficient that you're designing with this startup. I can I can empathise with not wanting heaviness of those different responsibilities. And uh, you know you're making some hard choices by principle, which I think is always like uh, you know. But one of the things I was talking with also in Asia is it lets you build WordPress products without having a lot of infrastructure knowledge now. One of my favorite examples from the Laravel space is, uh, you know this company called Fathom Analytics? Uh, they do basically privacy-focused analytics. They, they basically take on um, Google Analytics. And, like, and for until very recently, it was two people and it was one developer and they were just running this on Laravel Vapor and handling millions of requests a second with just this without any need of like, you know, there's still stuff, but you have to, you still have to worry about how your code scales and stuff like that. But they didn't have to worry about like, oh, how many machines and how do I deal with like, increasing my server fleet or stuff like that. They just could focus on what they were good at, which is like writing PHP code and doing like the really like application level things as opposed to the infrastructure things. You know, like I, I was talking with Elementor at WordCamp Asia and they're like, oh yeah, we have like this amazing Kubernetes thing, but they have a team of like four or five engineers working all year just to handle their Black Friday sale. You know, like that's not realistic for like a smaller plugin company that might want to develop a WordPress based product that like they just want to be able to like build it and like grow it and not have to like worry about all that stuff for a long time. So like, what could you do with that too? Like, those are the kind of interesting things. And yeah, and I want to like 
Yeah, I mean, we, we have to stop, but I want to like reconnect that to the mission of this podcast, which is emerging tech. And I think one of the things that we're seeing is that uh, AI, AI tools, so uh, allow individual contributors to be more productive. Uh, I'm going to stick like a vote for Web3 there in uh, you can suddenly access like this open permissionless system of data and interactions and relationships. So serverless is further allowing, like it kind of integrates with this because it's like narrowing focus and allowing you as an individual contributor to build stuff that scales. WordPress application. So speaking emergent tech, like what I think and what I know talking to also the hosting company is, and you can see it in the products that are coming out is what they think is the next decade is WordPress-based applications. You know, the LMSs, the e-commerce, but also like I was saying, like, why couldn't like Gravity Form have a self-hosted version of Gravity Form and take on Typeform and Google Form? Like, why not? Like, well, that's that's Matt's vision, isn't it? That he's talked about is WordPress is the operating system of the internet. So, um, you know, he's I imagine he'd be behind that vision. That's kind of it. So, what could you do with that when you have the platform to let you scale? Because that's what all these products have in common is that they need PHP worker and CPU scaling. They're not just put a CDN in front of it and you're good. So I think that's all the time we have here. I'm going to finish as the host. So we're going to wrap this up. Uh, and uh, it was good having you here, Dave and Kathy. Where can we find you on the internets? Everywhere, right? <laughs> Everywhere. We are the internet, aren't we? The three of us? Like, we are we've got internet. it all covered. Yeah. I'm. This was such an interesting conversation. I can't wait to to learn more about Emer and and maybe play with it. Such a great combo. Yeah, me and Calvin are gonna um me and Calvin are gonna talk more about it too for the security aspect. But yeah, for me, you can find me at carlalexander.ca, Twig Press on Twitter, and it was uh Emir app uh Y-M-I-R-A-P-P.com. And uh you can find me Dave Blocky, pretty much most places. Same. And of course, do the woo. All right, thanks. This is fun. Thank you. This has been great. Well, I'm glad Carl and Dave were able to hash out that lost conversation with Kathy slipping in as well. And I'm happy to have sponsors like Weglot and DotStore who help support this amazing community of Woo Builders. So check them out at Weglot.com and TheDotStore.com. And if you need to rehash a WordCamp conversation you had, well, bring it here to one of our shows on Do The Woo. Till the next time.